When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to The Playlist Podcast, a weekly discussion of films and TV. I'm your host, Charles Barfield, Managing Editor of The Playlist, and this week, as always, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Mike D'Angelo and Brian Farver. Are you guys ready to put your hands together and welcome Jackson Heights' own Randy Watson and his band Sexual Chocolate? (laughs) Yeah! Yeah, (laughs) of course. (laughs) I'm disappointed that nobody said, that boy's good. Come on. Okay. Yeah, no, it's okay. Sorry. (laughs) for the listeners but this is going to be like the first of was probably many annoying references to 1989's coming to america in this episode uh, <laughs> i'll leave as, them all to you yeah oh they'll they'll be there trust me as <laughs> mentioned in our recent interview that was posted with jermaine fowler from earlier this week we're focusing on coming to america that's with the number two in the title to denote that we're talking about the sequel to the 1989 film coming to america without the number two sorry the title is a bit confusing they should Regardless. have just went with Coming to America, the squeakquel, is, is what I would have preferred. But, you know, hey. That's the, that's the natural progression of things. It really is. Everything should have a squeakquel. The reason we're talking about this is because we're on the verge of Coming to America, hitting uh, Amazon Prime Video on March 5th. And unfortunately, we're technically not allowed to discuss the film at length. So instead, we're going to share some quick thoughts before ending this episode with our interview with Craig Brewer, who helmed the upcoming comedy starring Eddie Murphy, Arsenio Hall, and the various characters those two play. And since we can't really talk about coming to America, we are going to briefly discuss what we feel makes a quality comedy sequel, because honestly, comedy sequels are really tricky and can go very, very wrong. We're looking at you, Weekend at Bernie's 2, Deuce Bigelow, European Gigolo, Teen Wolf 2, Caddyshack 2, Hangover 2, Hangover 3, and many more. (laughs) I do have a a very soft spot in my heart for uh, Teen Wolf 2. I'm just going to say it. Oh, oh, by the way. Yes, yes. Teen Wolf as well. Is that with Bateman, Jason Bateman? Yes, Jason Bateman, boxing. It's very much a rehash of the first one. (laughs) Dick knows. (laughs) (laughs) but before we go back to zamunda and talk about a really fun comedy sequel i got to tell you that the playlist podcast is part of the playlist podcast network which includes be real the fourth wall deep focus and more and if you want to find us you can check your podcast app of choice whether that's apple Podcasts, soundcloud spotify anchor stitcher anywhere else you find your favorite shows so boys we're fortunate enough to see coming to america pretty early because we were able to interview jermaine fowler and craig brewer as mentioned we've really can't talk about the movie because we saw it too early so in a word or a phrase just give me your overall <laughs> feeling about what you thought of coming to america mike yes uh i mentioned oh, this there's your word our... oh <laughs> uh, used your word wisely sorry I, I know i didn't think about it but now it's it's yes so i i guess that those are my thoughts yeah. uh, gonna put it on if you want to put that on the poster just make sure you get my name spelled right yes Mike D'Angelo, the play his mm-hmm. podcast. Okay, try again. <laughs> uh, the, I did mention it in the interview we had with Jermaine. Delightful was the word that I had for it, and and I'll leave it at that. Okay, Brian, your word. 
Uh, yeah, I would say fun. I mean, it's not, I, I can't even go from there, but I would just say fun. Fun. Right. This is a fun time. To, to kind of play the synonym game with delightful and fun, let's stick with joyous. I think it's uh, a joyous movie. Mm-hmm. And Look it's, at us. I think uh, in our interview, I'll say this much. In our interview, Craig Brewer calls it a hug to fans. And I think that that kind of sums it up pretty well. This is a, a movie that hugs the fans. With that out of the way, I think we can all agree that the it's a film that we recommend and enjoyed quite thoroughly, uh, especially if you adore the original film like the three of us do. So, yeah, March 5th, if you like coming to America, you're going to like uh, coming to America. So there you go. Mm-hmm. So now we still have our interview with Craig Brewer coming. But before we get to that, I want to talk about comedy sequels in general. Earlier, I asked you two to come up with your favorite or best comedy sequels you could think of. There are a ton of sequels to choose from. But follow-up films to popular comedies are really, really difficult, as that laundry list before proves. So let's talk about three sequels that do it right and why we think they're good examples that other filmmakers should look at when constructing a funny follow-up to a comedy. So, Brian, I want to start with you. What film did you pick? And 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 spoiler alert to the listeners, the reason I'm starting with Brian is because I think we're going to beat him up a little bit, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. I and I look forward to that. the The film I chose is Boo. when I look at. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Jump the gun. And Jump we're the off. Gun. <laughs> <laughs> like when I look at the the National Lampoon Vacation uh, saga, it would be very easy to choose Christmas Vacation, and that is certainly a wonderful movie that I. I, I have to watch every season, every Christmas season, but that is not what I've picked. I've picked. Wait, wait, wait. 20- so you picked, you picked European vacation. No, 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 wait, no. Wait. So did you pick Vegas vacation? Uh, no, yeah. not even. Papa not even no. no, not Vegas vacation. Okay. So... And not Christmas vacation too, uh, where oh, it's all yes. focused around uh, Randy Quaid. It's a uh, uh, vacation. The uh, 2015 Sequel reboots, <laughs> I with Ed Helms as Rusty. I this is this is my pick, and please please bring it on, please. I, uh, I, so I Mike's Mike start. Yeah. I welcome I, your 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 grunts. <laughs> the thing is, I really don't remember much about Vacation, the reboot, the 2015 movie, other than Chris Hemsworth, and everything else was just groan inducing for me. So I'm really trying to figure out how this is a good movie. But, Brian, I will give you the benefit of the doubt, even though you like some weird shit. What, what's so good about this? Yeah, Brian, explain yourself. I think it just, it's very unique because, you know, with a comedy sequel, you don't want to hit the same exact beats, uh, the same exact plot, which unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, this movie really is. I mean, it really is very much a, a remake of the original. But unlike Hangover 2, which did the same exact thing to a much lesser degree, there's, I, I feel like so much time has passed since the original. I don't remember when the original came out, but it was the very early 80s. And this was well over 30 years later. They got the right cast. They got the right amount of jokes. I, I remember just really thinking that the the script really, really popped off nicely. It, it felt very fresh. Even now I watched it again, not that long ago, and it still, still makes me laugh. And for those who just have grown up loving those original films, uh, especially the first one, uh, there's just so many little winks and nods and that 
I, I, I did tear up during this movie and I've said this before. I'll say it again that I teared up during this movie to the point where when I made my top 10 list for the year, the Revenant, no vacation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Revenant, not on the list. Vacation. Yes. Not vacation edged it out, huh? It did. It very much did. Um, oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah. I, and I, I, I freely admit that this is so wildly unpopular, but I just, I had a great time. It, it just reminded me of how much I enjoyed the original film and, and how, how awful Chevy Chase looks nowadays. Okay. So <laughs> I just to quickly talk about it, cause I'm kind of yes. in the middle for once on this one. I, Ooh. I found parts of vacation, the, the reboot, I guess, sequel, yeah. sequel boot. Reboot cool. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I found parts of it really funny. Like Mike said, the Chris Hemsworth stuff is pretty funny. Oh. That guy's, this was like, you know, pre Ragnarok, pre Ghostbusters Hemsworth. This is like his really kind of his coming out party as far as comedy goes. And he does really well. Yeah. Very much. Um, giant, giant wang of his. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's a great yeah. scene. <laughs> um, but, but there are things about vacation I, I enjoy. Yes, it's definitely a retread, but I think it's, yeah. it's a meta thing they knew it was a retread and they kind of play with that a little bit which you know hinting towards what i picked is is very important to me but also i think christina applegate's actually pretty funny yeah the kid i I remember the boy i think he was really funny outside of that i don't remember enjoying ed helms very much because i think he was just doing his own clark griswold impression i really don't like chevy chase in the movie and other than that yeah well yeah I mean, we don't want to get off on a tangent that way, but yeah, I'm generally not a fan of Chevy Chase, but this movie, I, yeah, I just, I would say it's a solid C for me. So for you to be another thing that I hold against this movie is that I'm not really reverent to the original vacation series. Um, the, the first vacation movie was just okay for me. I'm not one of those people that watches Christmas vacation every year. I'd rather watch other Christmas movies. So that, Usually gets maybe I'll, I'll watch a scene, but that's about it. And I'd say probably the the vacation movie I've seen the most is Vegas Vacation, and it's yeah, not a good movie. Okay. I will willingly admit that. But I it think, was on cable a ton. Yeah, I was about to say yeah, we're all we're all roughly the same age. And Vegas Vacation, if you are a man of a or woman of a certain age, was on Comedy Central and HBO like nonstop during you know, teenage years. So yeah. Yeah. But I really adore the vacation movies, love original vacation, love Christmas vacation. I enjoy Vegas vacation. My wife would say that's her favorite, which is ludicrous to me, (laughs) but you know, I almost divorced her over it. It was a whole, (laughs) Um, (laughs) but even European vacations. All right. Even though it's, you know, a bit Monty Python for my liking, but totally. Yeah. The, this it's, yeah, I just, I don't know. Not a I huge to, fan. I used to have this uh, set of Lego space toys and space vehicles. I would make them, like, drive around their space, you know, whatever landscape in our family room when I was a kid with Holiday Road by Lindsey Buckingham playing <laughs> as if Clark Griswold was driving on the moon. So think about that. Vacation Speaking- on the moon. Speaking of that damn song, how many times do they fucking play that in this yeah. movie? They, they play uh, quite a bit. They play yeah. quite a bit. Yeah, I think, you know what, Mike, I think you crystallized my thoughts with that. I think this is a a movie that wanted to be funny and wanted to be clever and then just had like a studio over it saying, be more vacation. Yeah, references. That's kind of what it feels like. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. It's, it's, I mean, it's, 
No, don't I, don't backtrack. I, you put yeah, this no, as defend. number one in whatever year it was, 2015. Yeah, you said The Revenant be damned. This is my number one movie of the year. This is. <laughs> I actually, I think that may have been straight out of Compton. I don't know, but no, I'm just uh, gonna say it was vacation. Vacation, fine. I, I, I seriously, I remember Brian protesting the Oscars that year because of their <laughs> lack of vacation nominations. Yeah, I, I, I they just let me out of the slammer, yeah. like MC Hammer. <laughs> too oh. legit, too quick. Okay, all right. And on that note, let's go to Mike. Let's uh, hopefully you picked a better sequel than that. <laughs> uh, this one is also debatable depending on what part of the fandom you're asking. But as someone who grew up with both movies, I don't really feel a large separation between the two as far as quality is concerned. I do adore the first movie, but then the second movie, right, you know, I've seen it so many times that I, I adore it right you know, almost just as much. And that is Ghostbusters 2. Oh. So the, the first movie is untouchable. I agree. But there's a lot of hate for this second movie that I think is unwarranted Dude, because right? it has, a, yeah, it has a lot of charm. It doesn't just go ahead and rehash the the first movie. It does something different, and the the differences that it it has are at times more goofy, are at times more sinister. So it it it's kind of it, it's one that I go back to quite a bit, and I, I love that. You know, the what's his name? Oh, God, I can't remember his name now. The the guy, Peter McNichol. Oh, Dr. Janos. Yeah. Yeah. So underrated. I love that man. Yeah. Why am I drippings with goo? <laughs> it's always near the top of my head at all times in my life. But yeah, the, the ooze of it all, the Rick Moranis getting a little more time. I love Rick Moranis. Bill Murray is still charming and hilarious. And uh, I, I thought it was just a ton of fun. I don't understand the hate. Yeah, Brian, you are a, a Ghostbusters fan, I think. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I... I echo all of this. That's this is seriously a a fun movie. There is it's funny you say, you know, you, you made a comment about there's there's almost like a unique level of darkness in this movie. The first movie does have its share of pretty yeah, sinister moments, but this one too. Like there's scenes that are still pretty haunting. Like when Janos is in the hallway outside Dana's apartment and his eyes light up, just mm-hmm. little moments like that they're just like, "Ugh." But there's scenes like even now where like they all look down at the at the license plate of the Ecto one and they zoom in on the statue and then the next scene is the statue coming to life sequence which is just you know awesome i mean there's there's so much about this movie that it just flies by and yeah. um the, the chemistry it's got a great theme better. song as well it's not as good yes. as the first theme song but it's got a great theme song it and does. it's got the love is lifting me higher that that bit oh. as well great stuff yeah, yeah. So I think uh, I think this is a again I again we're all the like the same age here so we all kind of grew up watching Ghostbusters two probably as much as Ghostbusters one at least I did too yep. and I think in retrospect seeing it kind of now years decades later I think Ghostbusters two did what a lot of comedies now try to do but did it well where it just says okay we're gonna take everything you liked about the first one and we're just gonna do more of it. 
like bigger stunts, bigger jokes, bigger, all that. And, and a lot of times that comes off nowadays as like almost like cynical, like, like a hangover too, where it's clear that like just the people are kind of phoning it in. But I think with Ghostbusters too, it was like a natural progression of the story. So I, I enjoy it quite a bit. I think the people who say that Ghostbusters two isn't good are people who are just like angry at the world. (laughs) No, but also are just, you know, there's we we talk again with Craig Brewer about this in our interview, but there are people who hate sequels because they're worried that somehow it's going to ruin the original. And yeah. while there are people that don't like Ghostbusters 2, there are fans of the first one that don't like Ghostbusters 2. It doesn't change Ghostbusters. It, exactly. It, no. It's fine. And it can be a good sequel and not be as good as the original Ghostbusters. We're not here saying that these movies are better than the originals, right? Like, that's just not going to happen. But Ghostbusters 2, I think, is good. Yeah. Amen. This, it really is the perfect movie that if it were released now, this would be the perfect social media teardown film. Oh, much yeah. like, you know, all the Star Wars, <laughs> you know, sequels. I mean, this one's perfect for that. I, I'm not saying I'd love to see it released now. Maybe I would. I don't know. I, I still, it holds up. It really does hold up quite well. And am I just saying that because we, we grew up with it? I mean, I guess yeah. that's a question for you guys. What do you think? Yeah, who knows? I, I, I think a lot of the hate and the, the contingent of fans that do hate it are the ones who were a little older than us and saw the first Ghostbusters in the theater and had to wait for the sequel to come out and yeah. then had all these different yeah. ideas of it in their head and then saw that and it just wasn't what they were thinking it would be. Makes sense. Uh, whereas we just kind of grew up as one and two were there and they're both you know just kind of they're they're ghostbusters movies that's what these mm-hmm. are so yeah i mean sure they can have their i'm still angry about ghostbusters 2 stuff but i think it's delightful yeah yeah i i again i i think that when in retrospect you look at it and you're like yeah it's not as good as the first one but that's okay you know yeah. they yeah. it's, it's still the same people yeah it's still fun it's the cast is great they're clearly having a lot of fun and their chemistry is like through the roof and mm-hmm. and that's the the joy of revisiting the characters and watching the story progress in a in a natural way even though it gets ludicrous like you were mentioning the statue brian but yeah. even though it goes that big it's still ghostbusters and it's still a lot of fun and that's the reason why people have been obsessing over a third movie for decades now because yeah. the second yes. one was was still fun you know mm-hmm. so yeah yeah hopefully they get this next one right i wasn't a huge fan of the 2016 recent. Yeah. The 2016 yeah. version. And it wasn't because they were all women. I, I loved bridesmaids. So I thought going in, it would be kind of like that with ghostbusters. But for me, it's just a lot of the jokes felt forced and flat and that's just mm. my, my thing with it. So I, I missed the charm and the, the, the texture of ghostbusters. And, yeah. and that was kind of gone. I think uh, I think the the hate over the the toxic hate yes. over that movie kind of overshadowed the discussion. And so now when you say totally. like, oh, I, di- I didn't like 2016 Ghostbusters, people are like misogynist. And it's not that <laughs> it's just like and, and Mike, you are a misogynist, but it's not because yes, of Ghostbusters. <laughs> it, it's no. But in all seriousness, it's not a great movie. It's not a great sequel. It's not a great comedy. It's, it's another fine where Chris Hemsworth outshines everything else yeah, very much does. this is the chris hemsworth show apparently he really yeah. is uh a funny but yeah that's just and again 
if you try to compare it to the original Ghostbusters or even Ghostbusters 2, it's going to fall well short. But that doesn't mean that it should be like wiped off the earth. Like no. it, it, it'll it's OK, guys. Yeah. It's OK. And like and it, I go ahead. I shudder to think what the discussion is going to be when this new one comes out. And it's not like the greatest thing ever. Are oh, people going to though? Their- what if it is? <laughs> anyway, stay tuned for future Ghostbusters talk where it gets real crazy. So because we will get into it because I know Brian's just itching to talk Ghostbusters for an hour. Nine more are. months. Nine more months. Well, and, unless they push, they push it. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. If, if this pandemic has taught us anything, it's write those dates in pencil. So for my pick uh, to round out this discussion on quality question mark comedy sequels, I'm going to talk about 22 Jump Street, which is the 2014 sequel from Phil Lord and Chris Miller that saw the return of Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum as undercover cops trying to take down baddies. The first film, 21 Jump Street, was shocking in that it was actually really good and took a terribly cheesy 80s cop drama and turned it into one of the best comedies of the decade, maybe. So people just assumed that the Lord Miller couldn't do it again. And I think they did with 22 Jump Street. And I think they outdid themselves even. It's kind of, to me, kind of a gold standard of what a modern uh, comedy sequel is for sure, but maybe even just a general sequel because it takes the best part of the original, best parts, I should say, which is the chemistry between the leads, Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum. It includes the supporting cast like Ice Cube, which is great. And then it just adds this like meta clever humor that was also in the original, but they just amped that up. So instead of being Hangover 2, where they just did more stuff, this is Lord and Miller being smart enough to understand what sequels do wrong and then provide a meta commentary on sequels in a sequel and then still keep the jokes. So to me, it's awesome. But uh, what do you guys think? Yeah, I I actually for having really adored it in the theaters, I have I don't think I've seen it after that. And that's something I'll probably have to remedy. Yeah, I'll probably have to remedy yeah. that very soon. I know I own it. Like I purchased it on VOD thinking that I would I would come back to well, it. Well, technically, but if you want to get technical, you don't own anything on VOD. Ugh, you own the right to view it digitally, which can be taken away from you. Thank you. Go physical media. I think me. I'll buy it on VHS. There you um, go. Thank you. Yeah. But I think a lot of the the props needs to go to Lord and Miller. Like oh, these yeah. guys yeah. are kings of picking bad ideas and making them good movies with Lego movie, with the 21 Jump Street stuff, maybe with Solo. Who knows uh, if if there is a cut out there anywhere release the the Lord and Miller cut. Please. Uh, <laughs> I'd love to see that. Oh my I would God, love to see that. I'm so done going. with director's cuts that are never going yeah. like, to. We'll, yeah. we'll, hey, also, spoiler for a future episode. We'll get to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. Uh, okay. But yeah, it's a really, really funny movie. And I really do want to see a lot of those sequels that they just threw out there at the end. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> the med school one or the exchange students one. Space. Or, right space they had all the sequels just ready to rock and i want them to start making them well so that's how fucking clever this movie is right like it said we know like it it said yeah you're gonna eye roll the idea of 22 jump street ice cube even says like we moved across the street like it's ridiculous 
<laughs> but then at the end, they just do like the credits and they're like, well, here are the next like 50 of them because yeah. mm-hmm. we know sequels suck. And this is as sucky as we could think. And then it was so funny that people were like, I'd like to see them go to space, which yeah. is just absolutely <laughs> bananas. So, Brian, did you uh, like 22 Jump Street? I, I definitely liked it as at the very least as much as the first one. I mean, two words or two names, Wyatt Russell. I, yes. I thought he was just <laughs> terrific. And definitely the movie where I thought there's there's something special about this gent. I, I loved, uh, well, Mike, you know my appreciation for old Dave Franco. Uh, they brought him <laughs> back. And uh, and Rob Riggle, they have, I think, one of the best scenes in the movie. Jillian um, Bell does well as well. Jillian she Bell does. is great. Oh, she, yeah, yeah, she does, yeah. Yeah, I, I love the way it just, it, it pokes fun at itself. I like just the little moments of like, what does Channing Tatum do? He, like he's running slow motion through doves and he like yells at them or something or <laughs> like little things like that. It's, it, it is super fun. I, yeah. I wanted to see those sequels too. I wanted to see a Ghostbusters crossover. I wanted to see a men in black crossover that had been rumored. I, I wanted more, but again, that all goes back to the, the chemistry between Hill and Tatum. Cause they're, they're so good. I mean, that's uh, after what I saw in the first one. And I love that first one. Like, I knew if if nothing else, the movie will, you know, very safely rest comfortably on the shoulders of their chemistry. And it was just as good they as do, the first one. They do often play off each other in the Lego movie. They're in uh, oh, yes. together. Yeah. They're in what? Um, I'm sorry, after Lego the movie. End. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, they're definitely in stuff. I think eventually we'll get another Jump Street. I don't know how they're going to do it. They they did actually toy with the Men in Black idea, which I think would have been hilarious. And these movies were very successful. So it's kind of shocking that Lord and Miller haven't come back. But then again, they're very busy guys, too. And so is Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum. I mean, Jonah Hill's revolutionizing streetwear, right, guys? <laughs> His choices, man. <laughs> so, yeah, I love 22 Jump Street. And I think especially as far as like the last 10 years, if somebody wants to make a comedy sequel and they're looking at some sort of inspiration, I think Lord Miller's jump street films are are kind of the blueprint for how to do it. Right. Unfortunately, I don't know that other people can do it as well. Cause I just think Lord Miller that fucking funny and that's smart. That's Go Lord and Miller. Is yeah, the they're great. Okay. So with that, I think it's time that we, uh, we throw it to our interview with Craig Brewer and talk about another sequel that we think does pretty well, which is coming Squeakle. Squeakle. <laughs> coming to America. So uh, thank you, Mike. Thank you, Brian, for joining me. Talk about coming to America and some comedy sequels. Three great uh, choices. All all just as good as the others. I would say two. Can we talk about Zapped again? I mean, now that we're here, we might as well talk about Zapped. <laughs> <laughs> that no, we'll I'm, we'll save that for a future episode. Oh, but I forgot uh, about zapped again. <laughs> how could you forget about zapped again? I don't know. I've been zapped. It, see what's funny is there's 99% of the listeners right now who are like, what the hell? What is yeah. zapped? <laughs> what's zapped and what's zapped again? Google it, people. You won't be disappointed. Uh, it's pretty cringy. Yeah. Okay. So I'd like to now throw it over to our interview, Craig Brewer, the filmmaker behind Coming to America. Enjoy. <laughs> I want to welcome Craig Brewer to the Playlist Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Uh, pleasure to be here. Great. So first, I have to say, Coming to America, the original, is probably my favorite comedy of all time, like to an obnoxious level where I quote yeah. it like ridiculously. And it's obviously one of the most iconic comedies ever. So with that said, when Eddie Murphy comes to you and talks about a sequel, was your first question, are you out of your mind? 
Uh, it wasn't that, but uh, it, I, I would be lying if I, if I said that I wasn't uh, thinking that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine. But uh, yeah, in all seriousness, there's you know something to be said about leaving an iconic movie alone, uh, especially after 30 years. Why do you feel that this is the right time to reunite with Prince Akeem? And uh, did you have any reservations with the idea of bothering with a sequel? Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those questions I think that, you know, everybody always asks themselves about like, and, and we even make a joke about it in the movie about, you know, uh, you, you have a classic movie, why ruin it? And, and it always kind of, with sequels that always made me kind of go like, is that, does that really happen? Does, does, does a sequel, can a sequel be so bad that it ruins the first movie <laughs> you know, it's just it's kind of an interesting concept but i understand what people are saying meaning the movie uh the first movie is precious to a lot of people and and to myself included you know i i love the first movie and part of that love i think uh translates into being protective of a movie um especially one that's going to be 30 years later. I mean, I think that we do have an advantage at being a, a sequel that takes place more than 30 years later because the audience is 30 years older. You know, I was a, I was a teenager when I saw the first movie. I have teenagers now, you know. Um, Akeem was young and I, idealistic and, and full of, 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 of not only promise, but also with, uh, with, with, new fresh ideas as to you know what what he should engage in should it be love or duty and now he's he's a father of three uh he's running a kingdom and and how much of the ideals that you start off with in life do you eventually kind of like let go a little bit of because you just want there to be peace you want there to be safety for your kids and and I, I found that that was somewhat relatable. I, I, I could feel the audience not only wanting to maybe just see their old friends again, but we're in a different place, you know, we're, we're in a, a different time really. And, and I, I felt, I, I personally always just need a, a hook like that for a, like a human hook uh, that I can find, you know, I, I can find a, 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 a like an accessible avenue into it, you know, something that feels like I, I'm not a king of Zamunda, but I am a parent, and I do find that I need to probably listen to my kids more than than maybe I I, I do, and I'm surprised that I'm I'm that guy, you know. When I was younger, <laughs> I used to not be that guy, and and uh, uh, the notion that that having James Earl Jones of all people telling you, you must be this way, you know, or this is, this is the way it is. It's like, how, how can you deny that? <laughs> you know, he's, he's, he's Darth Vader. He's Mufasa. He's CNN. You know, he's, he's, he's everybody, you know, that, that, that you, you, you hold in, in, in power. And, and so for me, I felt like, okay, you know, yes, we can have some fun. Yes. We can, hopefully bring some laughs and, and bring some, some, some cool music numbers, but, you know, I, I'd like to explore this theme, you know, I'd like to see if, if, if Akeem is a lot like his audience, you know, we've gotten older. <laughs> yeah. With that being said, was it always the idea to have Akeem has a long lost son? Was that the, the pitch from the very beginning and, and yeah. also it being set in Zamunda versus Queens primarily? Yeah, yeah, that's a, the the script that that I uh, came to was one that you know the original writers um, did, and then and then uh, Kenya Barris had done a, a pass on it, and it had always been 
Akeem has a, a, a long lost son. Um, and, and I remember when I heard the concept, I, I did what everybody did. I was like, well, how'd that happen? When did, when did that happen? And then when I saw how they were doing, I was like, oh, that's pretty smart. That's pretty cool. And could be, and could be really funny. Um, but, uh, you know, as the, as the project went on, I think that, that, um, you know, the, the, the story that we kind of really enjoyed was the idea of like this extended family now being, being put together in, 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 in a kingdom. And, you know, there's nothing better than kind of knocking Royals down a level or two because of all the, <laughs> that they have to do. And we are thinking like, well, who, who better to do that than Leslie Jones and Tracy Morgan, and, you know, but, but at the same time, there's something about that alchemy now of, of this family that, that Akeem is somewhat embarrassed at having is now in his kingdom and out, everybody has to work together. But, you know, it, it, not to get too, you know, deep on coming to America, but <laughs> that's, kind of, that's kind of what our job was to be, was, a, was thinking like, well, what, you know, what happened to Akeem and Lisa after the first movie? You know, the last two lines of the first movie is like, well, what do you, what do you say? You want to go back to Queens? Lisa says, nah, you know, this all looks beautiful like this palace and everything. And so we started talking, it's like, has Lisa and Akeem ever been back to America? And then we were thinking like, maybe not. Maybe they've just been in this bubble of fairy tale. And now that bubble's about to burst. And, uh, and in that, a big way. In, in a big way. And maybe that's what we all need just a, a, as, as humans with, 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 with families. You know, you create a bubble, you create the safety. And then somebody comes along and is like, oh, yeah, what about that? And what about that? And usually the thing that brings about that is, yes, external uh, uh, situations. But sometimes it's your kids. Sometimes it's your kids saying like, but what about this, dad? What about this? And that's what was, you know, going on with the, with the movie. And I, and I felt that, 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 you know, now's the time we can do that. We can, we, 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 need, we can get a good dose of, of comedy, but uh, let's just have some fun with that, that scenario. Speaking of fun, you directed Footloose a decade ago. Thank you for that wonderful remake. First of all, I (laughs) had a great time that one. And this is, you know, another film kind of like that one that aims to recapture that magic of an iconic film from decades before. And after working on Footloose, did you bring any lessons learned or experience from that film to coming to America? I mean, how did that translate? I think the only thing that I I took from from Footloose uh, or the experience of making Footloose to, to, to this movie was being able to be a calming presence to people who were worried. (laughs) (laughs) You've got a lot of new people that are in the movie, but you also got a lot of people that were from the original movie and they're all worried about the fact that, that, you know, uh, we now live in a completely different culture than, than in 1989. Right. I mean, what did we have in 1989 to talk about movies? We had Premiere Magazine. I mean, earlier than that, there was Starlog. You know, it's like there was there 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 wasn't like so much opinions that could be out there, uh, and 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 an immediate judgment. You know, and and so when I if ever I went on to Twitter or anything, they're like they're doing a, a sequel to Coming to America. Man, that's going to be trash. And it's like, wow, I, I'm I'm really. I, you know, that, that's something that could really rock you. Footloose was kind of, you know, when like, like Ali was going up against Foreman and he just decided that the best way to train against Foreman was just to let like people just like 
slang, you know, fists at his body all day and just take footloose was that to me. I feel like I was kind of cut out of wood and ready for, for coming to America. So I could tell people, it's like, don't, don't, don't feel the burden of that first movie so much on your shoulders. That's my part. I want you guys to play. I want you guys to have fun. I want you to bring whatever artistry that you want to bring to this and any ideas that you have to this. I'll be the guy that says, okay, let's do a nod or an homage to this. Maybe not so much on this. Let's, ex- let's, let's put a lot of, of energy into this artery of like the, 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 the brother and sister now coming together. Um, but yeah, let's, let's pull out all the stops whenever the barbershop guys are together. You know, it's like, it's, <laughs> it, it would, it, it would, it, I, I feel like if you're ever going to do something that involves a beloved movie or tale you're kind of agreeing to allow yourself to be laid down on the tracks to be hit by the train. And that train's going to hit you even with a, a, a good movie. You know, it's, it's still going to be people who are defending what they loved for the first time they saw the first movie. We just never really wanted to make a movie that would take away that feeling. We, if anything, we were, we wanted to make a movie that was kind of a little bit of our equivalent of us putting our arms around the audience neck and going like, you love coming to America, don't you? Let's go say hey to them again. You know, that that really was like the attitude with it. That's such a great description of the movie too, because mm-hmm. like some of that, some of that joy and, and, and delightful kind of feeling that you get from watching that original movie is very much intact with the sequel. And that's oh, what's good. so great. I, I thought I was scared there'd be a lot of cynicism to it, but it was absolutely just a joyful experience, but good that's what we wanted to be yeah so there are a ton of like callbacks and nods to the original film and i delighted in all of them i even rewatched the original last night so all of them were really fresh and everything was there ever a moment where you're just like this is too much i mean even babar gets his own (laughs) (laughs) moment and you're like really this elephant and it's wonderful what where was that line for you how did you determine it that was my that was the difficult job because yeah. everybody is going to come up with an idea about like well what if we do this and and can we do that and you know it's i, I know that there's going to be people saying like why isn't samuel jackson in the movie it's like well, <laughs> well look you know <laughs> we can't do everything we can't we can't like you know probably bring that character back from prison wherever he's going. <laughs> you just answered my yeah. next question. So thank <laughs> you. Why yeah. wasn't Samuel Jackson in the movie? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Why I, isn't I, he I, holding up Zamunda McDowell's? Like, <laughs> right, right, right. That, that would have been, that could have been really funny, but yeah, it's, you know, it, even down to, um, I mean, there's a moment where Akeem, it's, it's kind of like a hybrid. It's like the, you, 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 you have the fun from the first movie that can assist you in misdirects on the second movie. So uh, for instance, I'm, I'm particularly happy about this one sequence that I, that, that I came up with um, for Oha. I just felt like, well, Oha is one of my favorite characters in the first movie. And I think there's just something really fun about, you know, about when he came out to sing, she's your queen. And I was like, well, if the, if the audience is going to be expecting that, wouldn't it be great to not do that and do a new song mm-hmm. that is going to make people go like, oh my God, is he singing Get Off by Prince? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and it somehow work in a way that like, you know, it, it, it turns into this dance number that in the Zamundan way makes sense. Like normally you wouldn't have a dance number maybe happen in Queens or anything like that. But in Zamunda, there's, 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 
precedent for that. It's canon, you know. Mm -hmm. Paul Abdul dance number will come out to introduce a new character. That's how it's done in Zamunda, right? So we needed to kind of like keep those kinds of elements in here. But you you, you get down to you know Akeem is thinking he's hailing a cab, and it's it's a lift, and and but but that doesn't mean that I'm not going to have fun shooting comparable angles to him coming out and saying halt and those are the days that i do get to nerd out a bit and say no 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 eddie you walked out then your hand came out it's like you know <laughs> he did the damn thing but like yeah but i watched it millions of times <laughs> you know i know i know these things so it, it was it was always it was always like a little bit of like a well we can't have everything from the original and more so that's what the original's for you know, I don't, I don't want this to replace the original. I really just want it to be like, we're, we want to, we want to show up and, and, and see these guys again, 30 years later. But even so you have a wealth of them in there and they're all like, none of them cross the line of like, really? They're all like <laughs> so perfectly placed. Oh, good. I'm glad. I'm glad you feel that way. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of great cameos in this film. I had to imagine that you had a lot of people asking to be a part of this. You just, couldn't include all of them uh was there someone that didn't work out or did anyone say no to a cameo that you were just really really wanted no you know every day i was dealing with people who wanted to be in coming to america um and uh i'll tell you i'll tell you one guy <laughs> so um tyrese um oh. uh who who you know we're friends because you know we we knew each other from you know our mentor john singleton and uh and ruth carter is friends with him and so ruth called me up and said hey tyrese is coming by the set and uh he really wants to he he wants to be in the movie in any way he can i'm like mm -hmm. and, and tyrese was working on other movies he comes in i was like he goes i will i'll be a guard at the door i was like tyrese if, if the camera's panning by you and you're a guard no one's gonna be watching like they're gonna be like is that tyrese you know holding a spear in the background you know, like holding a gun or so you know it's like it's it just it it, it it wouldn't make sense so but he still came to the set and I had this really great emotional moment with Tyrese that kind of reminded me about why coming to America is so important so he came to the set and I was like Tyrese I'm going to show you something come with me and we go into the set and I tell him to pull his hands out and I put the original crown that James Earl Jones character, King Jaffe Joffer uh, had, and I put it in his hands and he's holding this crown and I'm seeing Tyrese hold this crown. And, and he just kind of like I did, he got emotional. He was like, you don't understand growing up in my neighborhood, what it was like to see this movie mm -hmm. and what this movie meant to so many people like me who didn't have much coming up and we saw this movie with like one of our idols, Eddie Murphy, and he's a he's a prince. He's living in a in a royal palace. He goes, we'd never seen that before. He goes, it's easy for people to dismiss that now with like Black Panther and 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 so many movies, but in 1989, that was fresh. That was new. And 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 I remember seeing Tyrese, you know, who just wanted to be in the background, you know, this movie holding the crown and me going like, man, that's why we like really got to like try our best every day on this movie. We got to remember how much this movie means to people, mm -hmm. you know? And yes, it's daunting, but I, I, I still feel like it's worth the challenge of trying to do it. 
So at this point, you've done Dolomite is my name. You've done Coming to America. What's the next film you're working on? And and I assume Eddie Murphy has a role in it. <laughs> um, I'm I'm working on a couple of things right now. I mean, like it, you know, I think that the that the pandemic caused a lot of us to, to ask ourselves like, well, what, 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 what should we start writing right now? And what are the projects that, that we want to start doing right now? But uh, really, I think I'm just, it's now time for me to, to, to move into my next phase. And that is like, I think I want to start a casserole. I think that I've been baking uh, uh, all through this pandemic and I just want to like uh, start moving into different different phases of cooking. <laughs> and so I'm just going to be a boring ass dad and have my kids come <laughs> over and be all like, it's it's veggie burrito casserole today. You know, that's that's really what I'd like to do right now after doing two movies back to back is to do nothing. I've been watching movies. I've been watching TV. Um, but uh, I would love to do something with Eddie again. I, I don't know uh, what it would child be. too. <laughs> there you go. I actually think, and you guys have seen the movie uh, 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 Coming to America. I actually think there's there's a movie to do with the Trading Places world. I yeah. I think that I think that I think you can go off of that. I think there I think there's an Eddie Murphy universe. I'm hundred percent sold. And if there is, right? I want to live in it. <laughs> absolutely why wouldn't you go see that movie <laughs> i just want everybody i want him to like outdo himself and be like the avengers endgame of eddie murphy movies where he has like 45 different roles and all the prosthetics that we yeah. gotta make that happen but imagine akeem facing the character that he played in in, in trading places like you know sharing a, a scene together like now that, now you're not dealing with makeup or anything you're dealing just strictly with attitude because akeem yeah. is pretty you know, he's not very vulgar, you know, he's, no. he's, he's, he's very, he's, he's very refined, you know, he's, when you think of garbage, think of Akeem. <laughs> That's right. Um, so yeah, with that, uh, I got to say thanks to Craig Brewer for joining us uh, and for making a worthy sequel to one of the best comedies of all time. Cause it is pretty funny. Yeah. So thanks for, thanks for sitting and talking with us. It was a pleasure talking to you gentlemen. Yeah. And make sure everybody goes see coming to America on March 5th. It's worth it. Uh, uh,